Hello and welcome back to the Feedback Force podcast, the game design and analysis podcast of the End Defender community. I'm Kelso. And I'm Kyla. And I'm Carl. And this is a podcast. Yay. That we do. That was a really well-timed. That was a really well-timed yay. Excellent. And it's uh, it's super hot here in Seattle. It's, yeah, it's quite warm. And it's Sweden. Yeah. Yes, I was gonna say, and also in the magical faraway place where Carl lives. Yep. And I have turned off my fan while recording this because my <laughs> fan is really loud. So. So if this ends up being a short podcast, rest assured it's because we're all melting. Yeah. Yeah. Thank <laughs> yeah. It's true. Just rip, rip my ability to maintain a non-liquid state. <laughs> I've got a cat here, and he's being very well mannered for the, for the moment. Let's see if I can get him to say hello. There we go. It's <laughs> got a button. Probably, probably shouldn't encourage him, but uh, no, it's fine. It's okay. I don't he'll, know if there's he'll... a way to stop him anyway. So yeah, no, he's he's just chilling. Okay. He looks he's really a grumpy. Yeah, he looks real grumpy right now. Why is he such a grump? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, what have y'all been up to these last two weeks? I, I have gotten back into an old anime from my childhood. <gasps> Which one? Yami no Matsui. I don't know what one that is. That's a, translated in the U.S. as Descendants of Darkness. Um, huh. It's a it's a like an afterlife detective agency basically. Um, so the premise is that there's like the people who have um, who investigate. They're like people who have who have died in one way or another and who investigate like unnatural deaths of other people. Um, hmm. I think there was a really terrible movie a while back with the same premise um, that starred like. Um, What's his face? The dude, uh, Jeff Bridges. Oh, that's uh, yeah, that's um, R.I.P.D. That I think is based off a comic as well. Okay, yeah. So it's not exactly like a super original concept, uh, but yeah. I was, I'm, like, I was surprised at how well, like, I, I remember it being incredibly melodramatic, and it is. It's very melodramatic, um, and like angsty and yeah, just ridiculous. But it actually holds up a lot better than I was expecting it to. <laughs> Huh, I'll have to check that out, because I'm sort of like, I'm sort of, besides what's airing right now, which is mostly just like JoJo and um, Tanaka-kun, uh, I'm sort of like not really watching a whole lot, but, so also, um, question, I googled it, and I see, I see two dudes on the cover, is this, is this like a, a, a Shonen Eye yaoi yeah, it's thing? Yeah, it's a, it's a, yes. it's a low-key Shonen Eye. Okay. Um, I don't think I don't think there's ever like any kissing involved or anything. There's like but they I probably think... like are uncomfortably close at times, and there's like sexual tension. And they're like, oh, there's, yeah, I have there's feelings. sexual tension and feelings the whole time, and there is uh, an implied uh, rape in one character's backstory. Oh no! Hmm. Uh, so they're always there. No matter where you go, it's always an implied rape sequence in someone's backstory. So, well, yeah. yeah, but it's usually the female characters, so... But in this case, it's, like, the female analog. Yeah. I'm guessing it's the the blonde 
ish yeah. guy. Yeah. Mm. I mean, to be fair, like the the other character is not substantially more masculine. So Yeah, it's you know, it's 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 Japanese. It's, it's classic it's BL, yeah. basically. Yeah, classic Japanese BL stuff. Um I don't know. It's it was I it's I remember it fondly from my my childhood, my like rabidly obsessed with Shanani and Shanani and Yaoi childhood, um, and I I remember it being like, I, I thinking back of it I'm like oh this is gonna be like super Shanani and like really cheesy and terrible and like there's gonna be no plot because like I really didn't care as much about plot back then but actually they go through some effort to make the plots kind of interesting. And have like a bit, you know, like interesting cases and twists and turns and stuff. And I'm, I'm rather, like, pleased with how, like, not a hundred percent terrible the taste of past me is. Apparently. Oh, uh, dude, I love that when I like revisit something from, like, especially music from when I was younger, and I'm like, you know what? This is okay. I did a good job. Like, <laughs> I don't have to cringe over this. Yeah. And now it might, I might be kind of hard to find if you try and find it because uh, we tried to look it up and it's like it's nowhere. Like nobody's got it. Not even like torrent sites. So I don't know. I ended up watching some of it on Vo. Oh, dude, it's on Kiss Anime. You're good. Which, by the way, if uh, if you don't use Kiss Anime, you should definitely start KissAnime.to. Not sponsored. Or anything, but it's just a streaming site, and they have like almost everything. I this think, has the yeah, dumb I and totally the totally use it. Mm-hmm. I I think I looked at that, but then I wasn't sure how legit it was, and they required a sign up. So I'm oh, like, eh, I don't know if I want to sign up for something not knowing. Require a sign up. Yeah, I've never had to use a sign up. It's there's just lots and lots of ads, which yeah, it's not that bad. You know, it's like I've never had any like malware or anything. It's just don't click on the ads, because, okay. but they're but they're hilarious. Like all the ads are are really funny. Like let's let let's see if I can find a good oh, one. Like there was there was one I was watching something with my boyfriend like yesterday, and he's like, "I've got the best ad," and it's just a picture of Matt Damon, and it's like what he admitted shocked the entire world. <laughs> just a picture of Matt Damon. It's great. Well, that's that's good to know. I will have to start using that service because I would rather see it in slightly better quality than what was uploaded. What was clearly like a VHS rip uploaded to uh, to VO. Yeah, so. it's it's good stuff. I recommend it. It's also, it's, it's got the seal of approval from both me and Carl. It's extremely weird because I've done the same thing in the last two weeks as Kyla. <laughs> you also found an anime from your childhood. No, a manga. Which oh nice. I sort of I was super scared of rereading it because I Which didn't one? want it to get bad. It's Paradise Kiss. Oh, I okay. remember I've Paradise Kiss. Yeah. I was trying to remember the name of Paradise Kiss the other day. <laughs> that's well, the, there that's you go. About like the the like group of like fashion students, right? Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking. I was talking to a friend the other day, and I'm like. There's this anime that I that was like a long time ago I saw that was like about a group of fashion students and like the end theme is a Franz Ferdinand song. And I could not for the life of me remember what it was called. Thank you. Well, there you go. And I'm glad it was it was as good as I remembered it actually. I remember that one feeling like I thought it was good but it was like too mature for me at the time. Because I was not a very mature person. 
I don't mean that in the sense of like you know like rated M or whatever. I just mean like it dealt with like some actually serious interpersonal themes that I like didn't actually care that much about as a little kid. That's that's definitely I mean, fair. Yeah, there is a rape theme that isn't implied. Is there? Gosh, yeah. it's been. I I don't actually remember if I read the manga or not. I may have only seen the anime. The anime is pretty good too. Does the anime also have that? Because I don't remember. I think so, but it's like, it's not very heavy. Okay. Hmm. Heard Ice Kiss is very good though. In oh addition. gosh, that got that got a live action. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that. I mean, I guess everything gets live action <laughs> adaptations, but I'm always, I'm always like surprised by it when I see it. Yamina Matsui should get uh, an American live action adaptation. Oh, geez. which they're apparently doing for Full Metal Alchemist. Yeah, they're doing that. Um, they're doing. I mean, everybody's heard about Ghost in the Shell. I think we talked about Ghost yeah. in the Shell. Uh, um, I thought the the live action uh, Full Metal Alchemist was uh, a Japanese production, not an American production. I think it's a. I thought it's an American production, but they are using Japanese actors. Oh, <laughs> that's. Mm. I don't know. I don't actually I really know don't sure. like live action. Yeah, I think I think. Gosh, I was reading an article, and I think it's. I don't remember who it was. It was like some writer of manga, and I don't remember which manga it was. But he's like a like a big name guy, and he's like, yeah, all of these live ad- live action adaptations suck because they don't care about the people who actually read read the manga. They just like want to go after like you know, mass market, like, lowest common denominator views. Well, like, yeah, that's, uh, that's accurate. That's accurate. That's about right. That's oh, accurate it, with, like, everything. I think they're kind of, like, trying to do the same thing as they, what they're copying. And that's a weird way to do it, because it doesn't fit the, fit the media. Yeah, because it's, like, some adaptations work well, because it's, like, okay, these characters are, like, explicitly Japanese in, like, a modern setting. Or, like, you know, like, the Rurouni Kenshin um, adaptation, which is, you know, not a modern setting, but it's a distinctly Japanese setting with distinctly Japanese characters, and, like, that works just fine. But when they did, you know, Attack on Titan, it was a garbage fire, because, like, (laughs) they have all of these Japanese actors pretending to be European in, like, pretend European settings in a fantasy setting as well. That's just like, oh... This yeah. is not gonna be good, no matter no matter how much like money you try to sink into it. So yeah. Um. So there's a there's a there's a yaoi manga that I really like called um, Antique Bakery. That's just pretty quality. It's like it's short, but it's it's very good. And it had a really weird sequence of adaptations, um, where first they made. Um, I'm trying to remember. First, they made a uh, an anime, I think. No, first came the Korean TV show, um, which was uh, okay, but it strayed really far from the source material and cut out all the Shonen Eye stuff. Um, like they basically just made the gay character afraid of women and left it at that. Um, <laughs> and. So like it was it was interesting but it felt 
it had a certain hollowness to it where like they had to change a number of things and they like every time that it would have normally been addressed in the storyline and wasn't it felt like something was weird and off that's unfortunate. Um, and then they did then they did an anime then they did a Japanese anime um, that was incredibly faithful to the manga like scene for scene shot for shot exactly the manga um, except the animation wasn't very good quality so it was like at that point you might as well just read the manga because it's the same thing but slightly better <laughs> <laughs> like the art is better. Yeah. Um, and then it got uh, a live action Korean movie. Maybe the oh first boy. live action show was a was maybe the first live action show was actually Japanese. I think maybe, maybe only the movie was Korean. And the movie was actually pretty good. It was like a good middle ground of like um, adapting the manga and like shortening it to fit into a single movie, but still like remaining true to the characters and like actually having you know like similar enough storylines that you kind of uh it had the same impact as the manga and so like it worked out in the end but it took them a bunch of tries <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm i'm looking at it it looks like the first live action tv show was japanese but the movie so, was korean okay yeah the movie is called antique cake store i think uh, instead of antique bakery for some reason <laughs> you know but it's uh, it was it, the movie is I can recommend the movie and the manga. The other two I I cannot as wholeheartedly recommend. That's fair. See, this is good because like I've been sort of in a weird frame of mind where I'm like, I need I need to watch some Shonen Eye. I need to consume some of that media just for no reason. I don't know it's why. Been too long. <laughs> yeah, and that's probably it, honestly. So like now I've got all these good recommendations. So I yep. know what I'm doing this afternoon. <laughs> there you go. I think I think part of it is also because I've been watching uh, Tanaka Kun, which is a it's a anime that is currently airing, and it's about like the the full translation is uh, Tanaka Kun is always listless, and it's about just this high school boy and he's just like he's just utterly lethargic. Like his best friend Ota like has to carry him to all of his classes, otherwise he'll miss his classes and. And he's like, I don't like going to fast food restaurants because I feel like I have to, like, order fast and I have to know, like, I can't just take my time. And, like, these are, like, his constant pressure. worries. Yeah. And my boy, my boyfriend has been like, when are, when are they going to start getting gay? Like, when, when are Tanaka and Ota going to, like, have a moment? And I'm like, that's not going to happen! And this isn't that kind of series! But I secretly kind of also want it to happen. Uh, <laughs> so I guess that's like the itch that I need to fulfill. Yep. Is just just some Watch a series some, where it sort of does happen. Yep. Just some <laughs> cute gay gay boy uh media. That's what I need in my life right now. You kinda uh, want it to happen when you don't expect it though. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, hmm. to be a little bit to be a little bit like they, they weren't just like leading it on and teasing it it's like nope this is actually just a thing surprise <laughs> yeah way too many times i go into an anime just knowing what i got what i'm gonna get yeah that is true and then you've got and then you've got ones like uh kyokara mao which has like theoretically like it has two male characters who are engaged and they just draw that out for the entire, like, 79-episode series. Like, they never really resolve it. 
and you're like, oh my god. So in one of the OAVs, they have a sort of implied, slightly off-screen kiss that's under, while well, one of them is under mind control. Oh, that um, sounds so, dodgy. Yeah, it's like super, like not actually kosher, and like doesn't really is not really romantic in any way, and is like just like come on, really, that's not that's not what we're looking for. Joker I'm Out though is an adorable series, and I do recommend that one just for people who like anime generally, because it is about a kid who gets flushed down a toilet into another world where he is the king of the demons. Excellent. That's the kind of that's the kind of quality plot setups that we need yep. in our lives. <laughs> All of us, yeah. just everybody. I'm gonna avoid that. <laughs> Fair enough. I enjoyed it a lot, though. It had some. It it's like sort of long, and and sometimes it's a little bit like like over the top ridiculous. But sometimes they actually have some really interesting like political stuff going on that gets addressed, and you know huh. like social tensions between the humans and the demons in this world and oh yeah i don't know it's pretty cool hmm. all right this has been the anime podcast we'll uh, <laughs> see you guys in two weeks yeah. <laughs> let's talk about a game yeah let's talk about the game that we played would you like to enter the game since uh yeah i guess it's i guess it's technically my week huh um yeah so this week we played mushroom 11 which is a physics puzzle platformer thingy um, where you play as a little splotch of mold. Um, and the main mechanic is that you erase mold, the mold with your mouse and uh, then the little pieces of the mold regrow uh, at other random locations elsewhere on the mold. And you use this to like move around and make yourself into different shapes and... like give yourself different weight distribution and generally do stuff that involve platforming and physics puzzles. And there are seven levels. Uh, each level <coughs> you are timed, but it's a count up timer, not a count down timer. Um, so it's just a like, see how fast you can do this kind of thing. Uh, but it doesn't actually matter. And there's also collectibles. There's 50 collectibles in each level to, to find, but they also do nothing and don't really matter. Um, so it's the, the, the main gameplay is just getting through the levels to the end. Uh, and there's some pretty clever little physics stuff in there. The, um, the main uh, sort of aesthetic narrative thrust of the game is that there's it's some kind of crazy like post-apocalypse scenario where humans are all dead. Uh, and you are like this one of like the few surviving organisms who's just sort of like slouching along trying to get through this like this wasteland and you know it, it sort of has nothing to do with you it's just the environment you happen to find yourself in uh, but like for the human players it's like a little bit like eerie seeing all these like abandoned places and seeing the, the story kind of unfold in the background as you're just just happily molding along your little mold self. Um, and then eventually in level 7 you make it to the, the mold promised land um, where there's it's like a swampy forest place where everything is covered in mold. And, uh, and then you spread your mold spores. Um, you, you... That doesn't grow into mold. Uh, no, it, it grows into plants for some reason. 
Um, yeah, so like the epilogue is you get um, you like aerosolize yourself using this plant, and you, uh, you like float as a little cloud all over back th- through the landscape that you've traveled through, spreading like seeds and bringing some greenery bra- back to the world. And then the last little spore that falls from the cloud becomes the next mold, which presumably then can journey its way back to the flower again and repeat the whole process until the world becomes green again. So it's kind of like you are you are one little tiny mold on a journey to save the planet, which is sort of really endearing, <laughs> I find. Um, but yes, so it's made by a husband and wife cr- couple from Brooklyn, as well as like their extended team. Um, called Untamed Games, and yeah, it's pretty short. I had a lot of fun with it. I don't know about you guys. Kelso, I, I know not... you had some issues. Yeah, I I wanted to like it a lot more than I that I did like it, but um, that's the thing we can talk about in a little while, I guess. Unless you just want to start no, with that. No, I'm I'm pretty much done with the summary. So if you want to go into that. Oh, I mean, well, first of all, I guess I will say um. This game was made with touch controls in mind, right? It, it was uh, I believe so. A... It, so I, when I saw it at Indiecade several years ago, it was presented with touch controls, but it it released it has released first for PC and has not yet released for a mobile device. That's interesting because I feel like it it really really appears as though it is tailored for touch controls, yeah, specifically it for right for touch specifically for right-handed people because. Instead of moving left to right, as you typically do in a platformer, you're moving right to left. Which says to me, we want someone to control this touchscreen control with their right hand. Um, which Yeah, well, because you erase it from the back, usually. Yeah. So it makes sense to erase it with your right hand so it moves towards the left. Which is... which. <laughs> Like I didn't that, actually notice it until you pointed that out. You're, but you're totally right. The direction is entirely inverted in this game. Yeah, from yeah. which like um, I, I played the game with actually with a Wacom drawing tablet, um, which was a lot of fun. I, it felt really nice to be able to do that. I wasn't so it wasn't like true touch controls. I was using the pen input, which I I am more comfortable with than touch controls anyway, just because like that's sort of what I do. Just using it. Yeah. Um, yeah, but just just knowing that. Or I guess assuming as I am that this is uh, intended for touch controls, and further seems to be intended for right-handed people, sort of like mm, annoys me as a non-right-handed person, because there are games uh, specifically like on the 3DS that I just I just literally cannot play because they're the controller layout is intended for right-handed people, and I'm not right-handed, and if I try to play it, like my hands just cramp up. And it's a sad time, so that's, that's a thing. Interesting, that's an interesting, like, usability note. Yeah. Like, I wonder if games can be made such that there's, like, a toggle where you flip and mirror everything. And on the 3DS, there are there are games that do that, um, where there's, you know, an option, like, are you left-handed or right-handed? And it sort of tailors it um, in that way, but there are a lot of games that don't do that. Um, and, I mean, there aren't enough games that that's a huge issue, but I can think of at least at least like two, where I'm just like, well, I paid for this game and I could never play it now. Wah, wah. Um, that yeah, said, that isn't one... it time that we finally got rid of left-handed people? Oh, I mean, it's it's fair because like I don't have any any plans of reproducing, so, and I, um, I am the only 
Like my mom is left-handed and I'm left-handed, but my sister's right-handed. I don't I don't know if is, if is handedness genetic? I think it is actually. I think it's a recessive trait. Um, because my, my, my mom's dad was also left-handed, so it, it, it goes down, like, my mom's side of the family, but nobody on my dad's side of the family is right-handed, as far as I know, or is left-handed, as far as I know. Um, but yeah, so the, the handedness thing did not affect me, because like I said, I was using a pen input, um, and, and that felt awesome, like, it, it was so smooth and just so natural, and I did a little bit with the mouse, and I immediately, <laughs> immediately went, back, immediately <laughs> went back to the pen. I was like, "Why well, throw this in the garbage? Just uh, get out of here." Um, I would love for there to be more games that uh, allow me to use a pen input like that. Um, that's it. yeah. I want, I want more of that. That's great. Um, however, the rest of the game. Uh... It, it did the thing that a lot of puzzle games, uh, especially puzzle platformers, I think, do that I just don't like, which is uh, you spend a lot less time solving puzzles and more time fighting against the physics. Because in a puzzle game, I like to sort of bash my head against that logic, you know, the logic issue or whatever. And then when you figure it out, it's like, oh, wow, look at how smart I am. I feel so smart now. But... In this, it's like, okay, I figured out what I need to do, now I need to fiddle for like a half hour. And I don't feel smart having figured out what I need to do, I just feel bad for not being able to execute this that's, solution. That's super fascinating to me, because I came from it in the exact opposite direction. Yeah, and that's what you said. Um, so, for me, it's, uh, my usual thing with physics games is that, um, I find them to be too loose, where, like, there's clearly, like, an intended puzzle solution, but if you just flail at the physics engine long enough, it'll just, you'll just magically, like, solve whatever you were trying to do anyway, because, like, it's physics, so, like, it's unpredictable enough that you can just sort of fake it, but I really didn't feel like this game let me do that. I felt like I had to consciously come up with a solution to the puzzle and then implement the solution to that puzzle. And I actually, I really appreciated that. That's weird, because I felt like, especially on uh, physics puzzles that I got stuck on, uh, more often than not, when I eventually arrived, or when I eventually, you know, executed the solution, it felt like a fluke. Hmm. Like, I didn't feel like I had uh, undergone, you know, a, a precision operation or whatever. It just was like, well, I managed to... To just sort of land face first in in this in this execution that I wanted I, to do. I felt usually when uh, when I was trying something and it felt like it was that hard, it usually to me like cued me to try a different approach, and then I usually found something that worked that was easier. But that's that, the that deciding just... vote. Yeah. I will say yeah. that Kelso is right. <laughs> and yes. Way too many times I just solved the puzzle by going as fast as possible. I think it is definitely meant to be, um, to some extent, like a game that you can speed run through. That if you're like really good at kind of getting the physics to to obey you at exactly the right way, then then you can just like flip right through things. Yeah, and they kind of point 
towards that with the menu and the timer. The timing, yeah, yeah. For sure, that yeah. I think that's the case. But I, I do actually, for me at least, I felt like it held up to a, a more sort of methodical approach. Uh, but maybe that's just me. I, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I tend to play things pretty methodically. I, I would say level 6 did, but the others didn't. Level 6 was the hardest for me. I had a tough time with level 6. Yeah, me too. Uh, but the... Uh... Yeah, I don't know. I think that's just going to be like... We're, we're going to have to differ on opinion on that yep. one. Well, I'm glad you sound like you got more enjoyment out of it than Carla and I did. Um, I, I, I just, something about this mechanic is just really appealing to me. Like, I really enjoy the kind of weirdness of erasing your character being the main mechanic. Yeah, like... As a concept, it's like the best concept I've heard in a long time. Yeah, But I didn't I feel like it executed on that properly. Um, yeah. But there was, uh, there was one more thing I was going to say about... And I think... The main reason I feel that way is the like the puzzles doesn't really seem to point towards the core of the game of erasing yourself. I think uh, it felt I like mean, generic puzzles from a yeah, puzzle game. Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably true. That's I mean, that's maybe a factor of it being like such a small scale indie game, but the the game design is very like rote. Like there, mm-hmm. there's some pretty, there's some pretty standard puzzles, and they're not. It's not that they're badly made. It's just that they're sort of exactly what you might expect. Yeah, I know there were a couple instances where like you, you end up having to like split your bit of mold in two, in order to sort of be in two places at once. And those were always like, yeah, this feels like this is what the game is about a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, a lot of it just, you know, felt like felt like a regular. Puzzle yeah. platformer with maybe. I really maybe... like the ones where you had to um to shape yourself really specifically. Yeah. Like my favorite one is there's one where um there's like a, a an old stopped cogwheel, and next to it there's like the center of where another cogwheel should be that the the one that's supposed to turn the, the existing yeah. one. Yeah. And that the, one was the good. center is turning, but there's no cogwheel on it, so you have to get onto the center and shape yourself into a cogwheel so you can mesh with the other cogwheel and turn it. And like I, that sort of thing, like that, I find that incredibly charming. Yeah, that that one was really nice. Um, and all of the the doors, where you have to cover multiple points in order to open yeah. the door. Yeah. Yeah, but... there's one of those per level. There's like there'll be some set of small like little blue lights in the level, and you have to be touching every single one of them simultaneously for the door to open. Um, and sometimes that can be really tough to configure yourself that way. The one in level six is like maniacal. <laughs> They're basically. Well, so I didn't how did you solve, solve that it? by? I solved it by dropping things. That's what I did too. In order. Yeah, I, I like I I got myself uh, into a shape where I was like partially hanging, and there was like a a like big thing below me that was like at roughly the same angle as the lights, and then I would cut it, and it fell in such a way as to touch all the lights at the same time, and I felt oh, very I, clever. I cut three different pieces. I tried that a bunch, but I couldn't time it well enough, so I thought, like, no, I need to be, like, more, like, I need to set this up a little better. Um, but, yeah, I'm sure it can be done also by cutting three things at, with precise timing. Uh, that one, that one was, like, clever, but very hard. <laughs> yeah. 
And there's a lot of there's a lot of physicsy ones like where you have to like you're on top of a boulder and you have to like put all your weight on the left so it starts rolling, but you can't fall off the boulder because it's lava. So. Yeah. Yeah, they really like that puzzle. Yeah, they do they do something similar to that a couple times. Um there's one there was one other one I was thinking of in that was in the oh there's a mechanic in the um the level six which is like this old hospital level where you have to like there's little rockets that they're like little little bombs that um that appear uh that are like launched from the bottom of the screen and as soon as you touch them they start like launching and you can steer them by shifting the weight of your mold thing to get them to turn slightly and they're so hard to steer but it's like I found it like incredibly hilarious and fun to ride them. <laughs> yeah, the puzzle wasn't that hard, so it was okay with the bad steering, I think. Yeah, it's like okay, clearly I just need to go this way, so I have to like try until I can steer the bomb well enough to get off to that side. I gotta do that trial and error. And there's a. I felt like I did get better at it though, like as I went with like the bomb steering thing. Like I, I think I improved over time. Uh, but all of the levels also have uh, some really interesting boss fights at the end of each one, where you sort of yeah. have to use your your mold skills in a combat scenario. Interesting boss fights. Uh, I thought the the last one was really interesting. The like dragon chasing its tail. Yeah, that was. The, the only one that stood out. I don't know. I, no, I like the only one that moved. Like, you didn't like the like uh, hamster in like his wheel of yeah. like missile shooting syringes. That or one. Whatever? That one was a pain no. in the ass. But I. It was. It, I was like, I gotta get inside the thing, and then once I got inside the thing, I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm controlling this. I feel so <laughs> yeah. cool. Um, yeah. I liked that one. Yeah, the boss fights were fun. Typically. Um, I thought they were like, glued onto the game. I found them to be a nice change of pace. They do feel very different from the rest of the game. I, yeah. I definitely agree with you there. Um, but I, I felt like after after a level of puzzle solving, it felt nice to have a kind of like climactic showdown, like very very Legend of Zelda e sort of thing. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. like, oh hey, I've learned how to fire missiles. Now let me practice firing missiles at this thing. Yeah, Which is I actually, like... aiming oh. missiles at something is much easier than riding missiles. But <laughs> go ahead. I, I like the the idea of puzzle bosses, like you know, like what Legend of Zelda does, where it's like, okay, you have a skill that this dungeon has taught you. Now use this this skill on a monster. And I wish there was more of that. Oh. I don't know, just in general. So, <laughs> in this game specifically, the or point just... I didn't like about the bosses is probably because. It felt like uh, the puzzle was get onto them and yeah. do that by climbing onto their arms. And sometimes. Um, I'm trying to remember like what the first boss was because I like I pretty much like stormed through the first couple levels. Oh jeez, it was like was that the spider boss? There is a spider somewhere. There's like a spider with like eyes hanging down from him, and you gotta yeah. like go up and eat the eyes. Um, there's that one that like shoots um, little bombs, and that one you can probably get up on. But actually, I found that one t uh, to be better to like form yourself into a little ramp yeah. to like throw his own bombs back at him. 
I, yeah, I think that was the solution to that one, because I don't think you can eat the little pieces until they have been bombed off. Maybe not, though. Oh, I yeah. The collect- didn't the bomb them off, but... I don't think. Hmm. Who knows? Uh, the, uh, the collectibles in this game, by the way, are all, like, little bugs and plants and things that you just absorb by, <laughs> by going over them. Because they're yeah, all they don't care. They're totally useless, and it doesn't feel very good finding them. Yeah. yeah so- I had some interesting thoughts about, um, I, yeah, I was curious what you guys felt about that, because I had some thoughts about why those are in there, um, and for sure, they feel super useless, and at first, I was like, I have to find all the things, and then, like, after I played, like, a level and a half, and I was getting nothing from getting them, I'm like, I don't need to find all the things. It's yeah. not even a funny sound. Yeah, you just sort of change color slightly. Um, yeah, that's that's how I was. That was sort of my relationship with them as well. Was like, oh, things to collect. Better collect these things. And then the realization that th- collecting these things is is of yeah. no benefit to me. I really, I really wish they'd had some like secret narrative stuff where you unlock, you know, like radio announcements from the pre-apocalypse of like what was going on or some, you know, some secrets or something. Um, yeah, forgetting them would have been nice. Um, but so why I think they're in the game? So they're I think they're completely useless in terms of like what the player needs needs and wants to do gameplay wise. But I think they're incredibly useful for the designers as a way of doing like guiding and tutorializing. Because mm-hmm. like anytime they wanted to teach you something, they do it by saying like, oh look, clearly like there's a collectible right here, so there must be some way to get to it. Like, how do you think you should get to it? And then you have to learn how to do a thing, which then is useful for you, like, in the next puzzle or two. And they do that all the time. Yeah. So it seems like they they use it more as a, as a tutorial than as a collectible, which was sort of interesting. Especially because they're not mandatory. Yeah. I think it, it would have been nice. Just, like... Man, just, like, throw some unlockable concept art. This game has to have tons of concept art yeah. and, like, unused art and just, like, random background art that, like, you could blow up. Like, you know, there were, like, billboards and stuff that could be blown up and just, like, oh, look at these look at these pretty art assets that we have in this game. We have a lot of art assets. Look at them. Um, yep. Yeah, they put a couple been... of them on the, like, Steam trading cards. Yeah, that's true. I forget <laughs> about Steam trading cards. I didn't... I played the GOG version. I don't know. I've been, I've been on a GOG game-buying... Uh, kick lately and preferring that over Steam. Just yeah, in general. I prefer it too. But mostly because I think Steam's a pretty bad client and I don't like the Steam how Steam monopolizes everything. Yeah, and I, I don't know. The, you know, I, I have other issues with Steam as well. I don't I don't hate it, but given the option a lot of times I will pick a different platform. Like, especially with older games, because it gives you better uh, graphics options and compatibility options that Steam just, like, doesn't give you. And sometimes sometimes games are just literally unplayable on Steam if they're old enough and you buy them there. Mm. Yeah, anyway. I guess I don't play enough, like, old games for that to be that relevant for me. Yeah. I just like I just like having all my games in one place, and I happen yeah. to have most of them on Steam, so I just keep and buying them on Steam. That's also fair. For sure. But yeah. But anyway, my um, point was that I didn't see the the trading cards. <laughs> yeah. So so, but like speaking of all the awesome art assets that they have, um, they do a really interesting thing with the storytelling in this game, where they 
it's all environmental. Like you pretty much have to piece together what's happening through a little bit like what you're doing towards the end of the story, but mostly like through like the, the background art that appears. Mm-hmm. And some of it's really cool and really creepy. Yeah, it, it sort of reminded me in that sense of um, Tormentum, Dark Sorrow, which is a, a point-and-click adventure game, but with similar, similar like, really detailed, really, like, dark, sort of creepy um, background art. Hmm. You know, it, like, really different in terms of theme and everything else, but just aesthetically, I was reminded of that. That's a good game. Go play it, maybe. <laughs> just in Just in general, you know. Um, like if you like horror stuff. So, I really love environmental storytelling, but I think that this game, I mean, it was really cool, but it felt like the game and the storytelling was two different things. It, it was like it could have been a different. Yeah, I mean the game. the mold was a very sort of like happy, cheery. I'm just going on my way, being a mold, kind of thing. And the background was, like, really, really dark. <laughs> um, but I kind of I, like that juxtaposition a lot. Yeah, I wish you could, like, do more interactions that would lead you... That would get you some kind of narrative reward. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with that. I, that was one thing that I noticed, that, like, unless I purposely sort of stopped what I was doing and, like, very deliberately went and, like, looked at all the stuff going on in the background, I would just not look at it. Like, I would miss it entirely, because I was so focused on on Little Mold Man and solving the puzzles. Um, and that there's there's a lot of division between the background and the foreground. Mm-hmm. And the foreground often doesn't have that much going on in it, but there's a, just a ton in the background. Like, it's, it's like, you know, parallaxed like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wish that a little bit more of that would have been brought into the foreground. And I mean, it happened at some parts, like in the, in the, in, in Finifood Factory, <laughs> where the little, little, like, shrimp, shrimp thingies got, like, chopped up and immediately grew back. That was horrifying. And, yeah. and, um, and great. And I'm glad that that was in there. Um, but yeah, I would have liked more moments of that, or more moments of, like, look at this cool thing that we did. Yeah, um, I I get the impression that the the creators of this game intended it to be played multiple times. Like, yeah, that's it, probably true. I mean, I I have no desire to go back and play it again. But given that it's like a clearly like a you know find all the collectibles, beat your best time, mm-hmm. like spend more time looking at the backgrounds. You know, like I I get the impression that they really want people maybe because it's so short. They're like it's it's got replay value. You can just play it again. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, it's the rewards are pretty non-existent. Yeah. No. Like I said, I don't, in particularly personally, feel any uh, desire to play it again. So. Nope. I mean, don't get me wrong. I enjoyed the heck out of it. Like, I I really liked playing it, um, and I I recommend it to people generally. But, um, it, for me, it's not something that I would that I feel the need to do more than once. Yeah. I, I agree with that. I'm glad that someone made it, but that's it. Um, so, sort of, I guess, on the on the lines of, like, the storytelling stuff, I was rather surprised by how much I liked the soundtrack, too. 
Yeah, that was that was another thing. Um, <laughs> Weird I, I sort of cyberpunky soundtrack. I, yeah, I wasn't expecting like anything from the music out of this game. I was expecting you know just like sort of generic sort of background music. But as soon as I loaded up the game, I was like, dang, this is pretty sick jam. Ooh. <laughs> you know? And that sort of that carried through. I honestly didn't pay attention to the soundtrack at all. No, that's fair. I can't remember anything from it. I mean, it's not like super distinctive, but I I, I noticed it while I was playing it. Yeah, and it's it's yeah. I I'm I'm with you on the kind of like I wasn't expecting it out of this game. Like I was expecting it to have really generic sort of sounds, but instead it was I'm like oh this feels kind of like cyberpunky and cool. Yeah. I do love me a good post-apocalypse narrative, too. It's true. I have a question. Mm-hmm. Yes. Do you think it's called Mushroom 11 because of the logo, or because the first 10 games suck? <laughs> it's always uh, an iterative process. <laughs> is the... I mean... I don't know. I wonder if the if there's supposed to be an implication that... Because there's an implication towards the end of, I think, level 6, maybe, that... Uh, like you are a, a mold made by like one of the last surviving scientists who is like trying to do something to fix the world. Um, so maybe he made like ten other molds before you that didn't work out. That could be it. I've noticed that the uh, the thing you chose to to screen cap for your um, icon this week, Carl, was, says M4 on it. So maybe that's had something to do with Mushroom Four. Ooh, perhaps. Ooh. Mm. Dun dun dun. We'll never know. <laughs> uh, let's see what else. Anybody have any particular like favorite and or least favorite puzzles? Puzzles they found the hardest, puzzles they had the best time with? Man, that fucking minecart. <laughs> ah! I love the minecart. I hated the minecart so much. Oh. I mean, I loved the minecart, but I also hated it because it was totally random. It's it's it was tough to get it to like to ride it the way that it felt like it should be. Yeah. Um. So there's a there's a part where you you get into this little minecart on these little rails and it starts going like basically down a roller coaster, and you have to keep shaping yourself as it's going to avoid like flying out at the wrong angle. <laughs> and but sometimes, sometimes you have to fly. Yeah, yeah sometimes, sometimes you do have to fly, fly out at an angle. And that's and impossible. Your, your trajectory is just completely random. Uh, <laughs> I actually don't know about that. I felt like I was able to do it pretty predictably, but maybe that's just me. Uh, oof, man. I mean, there was at least one point where I just like I just sort of beat my head against a wall and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna go like make some lunch. <laughs> come I'm gonna, back. Gonna, gonna come back to it, and I came back to it, and I did it another first try. I'm like, I have no idea how I accomplished that, but whatever, we're we're going into it. And also, I would like to note that um, before you before the minecart ride starts, you have to get into the minecart, but you can ac- you can accidentally push the minecart away, and then it just becomes impossible to reach. So you have to kill yourself and go back to the checkpoint, which is very inconveniently placed. And try again. Oh yikes! I did not. I did not notice that one. I did notice that like the rails are electrified. I think the first time I tried to get into the minecart, I just died because I electrocuted myself on the rails. Yeah. 
Um, but then I think I got into it the next time. Oh yeah, I have a most hated puzzle. It's the oh. puzzle where you have to like push two buttons and get electrified at the same time. Okay, that I don't <laughs> that know how I puzzle. solved that one. That was the one puzzle where I'm like, well, I flailed at the physics engine until something happened. Um, I don't know what I did, but I guess I solved it. Like Yay. that was the one really bad one for me. Yeah. Um, what else? I feel like there's And I one. was pretty sure that I was supposed to do something like connect those two wires and get electrocuted, but I tried it at least like six or seven times and wasn't able to do it on purpose. And then one I mean, time you have it just to worked. Cut off a piece mm -hmm. that isn't electrified. I guess. Yeah, maybe. Mystery. There's a bunch of different hazards in the game. There's uh, lava, which, like, if you fall into it, you burn up and have to restart a checkpoint. The checkpoints are like little flowers where you store one of your mold cells. So if the rest of your mold cells are destroyed, you can regrow from that mold cell, which I thought was kind of a cute conceit. Yeah. But um, so there's there's lava that like burns you up. There's an acid, which if you get tainted with it at any point, it slowly eats into you. Even if you like move away from the original acid source, it like it's poisoned you, and so it keeps eating into you unless you can cut off the part of you that is poisoned. Mm -hmm. um, there is water you can go into just fine. Um, there's, there's some, like, like buoyancy-based uh, puzzle-type things, sort yeah, of, vaguely. Uh, I wasn't able to do, like, bouncing out of the water very reliably, so, like, luckily they don't make you do that that much yeah. for the puzzles. Yeah, I, I had the same, uh, the same response <laughs> to them. Uh, and there's there's some spikes that occasionally just like take out a few cells on the edge if you hit them the wrong way. There's there's, there's garbage steam. pits. Steam. Yeah, steam yeah. is a little like uh, if you if you cut yourself into small enough pieces, then the steam like blows you up into the air if you're light enough. Um, there's also a uh, a little like grinder. I was thinking about like the steam that kills you. Is there steam that kills you at some point? There probably is. I don't remember. Yeah. Okay. I guess there's also there's so there's steam that kills you, but there's also a different steam that you can ride. Um, there's, there's electricity. Uh, yeah, electricity. Yeah. If it touches any part of you, like every contiguous part is instantly shocked and dies. Like that's an insta kill, pretty much. Um, and many of many of these hazards are like one level hazards. Yeah, they're mostly in a particular location. And you go through, like, a variety of locations. Like, there's an old, like, farm where there's all kinds of, like, pesticide containers and stuff. And there's a there's a, a meat factory. Mm -hmm. And there's a there's a hospital um, in that's level 6. And then there's, like, the mold forest is level 7. Obviously, I'm missing some of them <laughs> towards the beginning. Like, the, the first two were just, like, like city. Like, crumbling oh, city. Yeah, I think. yeah, that's right. There's, like, an old playground in one of them and stuff, I think. And then I think the third one was the farm. The fourth one was the... Oh, there's also, like, a like a, like a fiery rockscape, too. Where yeah. Like, it's, like, sort of forge-like and everything is just I on think, fire. I think that was the fifth one, maybe? I don't that know. might be five, yeah. If I'm gonna be honest, I thought it was five levels, a hospital, and the last level. <laughs> Yeah, that's I think how the... they're put in my mind. That's fair. Yeah, I, I definitely think the last two were the most distinctive. For yeah, sure. uh, they definitely stood out more than all the others. The farm uh, one stood out to me more than any of the other five. 
Like, it was like, two city levels, a farm, some other shit, and then the hospital forest. Um, <laughs> did you end up finishing it, Kelsoice? I know you said you weren't sure. I didn't, were I didn't finish it. I got I got through the sixth one and was like, that's that's all I need. Okay. Um, so, enough. yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the, the sixth one with the, the uh, psychic baby boss. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was, I was so other other like mechanical stuff. What else? Like oh, in the in the mold forest, there's a there's like a, a friendly mold species that's like clings to the walls that's sticky, and so if you can spread yourself out thin enough along one of these uh, like wall molds, you can stick to the wall, which makes oh, climbing cute. super easy, which yeah. feels like really fun and friendly. I mean, it feels really good, but if you think about it, it's basically stick to one part, then go along until it stops. Yeah, but I'm okay with that. I thought it felt like it... I mean, I, I guess I'm okay the... with it, because I also liked it. <laughs> um, I like that the forest level, even though the forest level took longer and had some really hard puzzles in it, I like that the forest level felt a lot friendlier than the hospital level, because it's like, oh, hey, I'm among, I'm among you know, like... My peeps here. I'm in a. I'm in an area with uh, that's Life. full of other mold, um, other yeah. mold and plants. Yeah. And so it just felt like just friendly and much less threatening than like everything in the hospital felt like it was ready to kill you. And I don't know why they have like little missiles in a hospital. You know. I assume they had some kind of horrible monster breach uh, there, and they like developed some kind of weaponry to defend themselves. That that makes like... about as much sense as anything would. So. You it know. might feel a bit more pleasant because it's an abandoned hospital. Yeah. Well, yeah. There's really nothing, nothing great about about those. Yeah, there's like a there's like a nursery in the background at one point that just creeped the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so there's the the little rocket mechanic I mentioned that you used to fly around. Am I missing any like other major mechanics that they? That they have. Hmm? you like build ramps for. Oh yeah, there's like straw balls at some point where you can. Um, I guess it's different in different levels. There's like different types of spherical puzzles. Sometimes there's like little balls that are either rock or straw that you have to like maneuver into a correct position. And then sometimes there's like turning wheels that you have to get through, or you have to spin them, or you have to do various things with them. Uh, did we talk about the, um, I'm just going to call it the wood chipper, where you oh, feed yeah. yourself into one end and yeah, it spits out? Yeah, I started out. to mention that, but then yeah. I, yeah, I got distracted. Yeah, so, yeah, it's like a little grinder, like a meat grinder. Yeah, and, it's probably, and you, that's probably more accurate. You climb into it, and it shoots, like, little bits and pieces of you beyond, but you're a mold, so you don't care. <laughs> that works yeah, well for you. It, it just sort of, like, flings little single-cell bits of you off into the distance, and hopefully one of them lands where it needs to land. Yeah. So when we when we were about to play this, uh, when we were planning this a couple weeks ago, Carl, you said that we should like that you know something about like the way the camera is designed in this. I mean, oh, I don't remember much. That's one thing <laughs> I wanted to mention actually. Was that the camera? The camera movement felt awesome, <laughs> and it yeah. was really well done. They were. It was really interesting how well they managed to like always, because often you are split into mul- multiple pieces. But they do a very good job of focusing you in where the most important part of the puzzle that you need to look 
you need to be looking yeah. is. Um, so do you, I mean, do you remember any specifics about how that's implemented? I mean, it was a lot of different systems, like based on how much you have in each part when you split up and where you should go and... Yeah, I yeah I, I think that sounds about right from mm -hmm. what it felt like because it I think it mostly it focuses on whichever chunk of you is the biggest but then there were specific puzzles where you were directed in a specific way like it would throw a tiny chunk of you forward but the camera would follow that tiny chunk and you're like okay I guess I'm going this way and that does a that does a really good job of getting you lost that is one thing I will say that's not always true of games like this but I never felt like I would like I got lost like where was I supposed to go. Like yeah. I always knew exactly oh. where I was going. I will agree with that. Definitely. So they're very good, very good, like signposting and kind of like learning ramp in the game overall. I felt. Yeah. Yeah. Just sometimes totally agree, yeah. frustrating physics. Yeah, it's it's definitely no like portal in terms of like the physics being absolutely like predictable and under your control mm -hmm. um, but I've, I've definitely also played physics based uh, like platformers where it's been much worse <laughs> maybe my maybe yeah. my point of reference is just like way way further down than you guys so um, that, that could also be it a big thing that kind of makes it feel bad when, when fighting is, is you grow at random places. Yeah. And you have to like shape yourself into a specific piece and you like erase at the right, erase at the left, erase at the right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That I I I had frustrations with that as well. Um is just like this this sort of random to semi random regrowth algorithm where it's like, I just need to go over here. Please just let me go over there. <laughs> um, and just sort of picking away at it until it did what you wanted it to do. Yeah, the, the the only place where I was, like, incredibly frustrated by that, I was, like, mildly frustrated by that, like, here and there, but um, in the epilogue, you have to do, a like, a climb where you basically have to make yourself a single cell strand all the way around something. You have, like, barely enough mass to get around the edge. Mm. Um, and you have to be so precise, and you, like, you keep erasing, and you're like, nope. I need it to grow on the end. Nope. Nope. Need it to grow on the end. Need it to grow on that end. Grow on that end. Grow on that <laughs> end. Like, everyone you erase, you just have to wait for the random chance that it pops out in, like, the exact end of your strand. And that one was tough. But it was, I mean, it was the epilogue. That's, like, the only puzzle in the entire epilogue. So. Well, there you go. That's so, one thing I like most in the game is the grid system. They could have so easily not made the grid visible. Oh, on the blog? And it, and yeah. it's, it really helps. Yeah, if you need to, like, count, like, okay, it, this is definitely lined up with this row, and it, I need to have, like, three cells in this, three more cells in this direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that, I think that was a good choice on their part. I agree. For um, sure. There's a lot of, there's sort of a lot of interesting, like, aesthetic not not like I don't know I actually don't know what I was about to say um, they I think feel like they made some mostly average gameplay choices and a few like really good ones um, and some stuff that like 
there were problems with the game in terms of the physics engine that are difficult to fix when you are doing a physics game. Yeah. <laughs> that they didn't yeah. fix. Um, which I can't hold against them that much because, like, I've tried to do physics games and it's it's hard. It's very hard. Yeah. I mean, like, honestly, like, I, you know, I have issues. I had problems with this game and I ended up not even finishing it, but, like, I think it was, like, I would recommend it to people if they were looking for, like, an interesting... I mean, it was you know, totally worth the money and yeah. the time, I think. Like, if, if someone's, like, I want, like, a a puzzle platformer game that is sort of different from everything else, I would probably say, like, play this one. Yeah. So there were two games I kept comparing it to mentally, um, one of which was uh, World of Goo. Yeah. Which Actually, has a, which has a similar sort of like this is a physics game, but it doesn't use physics in the way I'm used to thinking of physics puzzles. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it's really obvious how you like use the the system, and sometimes you gotta like massage the physics engine a little bit before it does what you want. Um, and the other one was uh, Incredipede, which I don't know if anybody besides me has ever played. I've heard of that one. There is. Um... I don't have my Steam open right now. There was another I game. I think that... it's on my list. <laughs> so, Incredipede is a game where you like, um, you are a little eyeball creature, and you can arbitrarily form limbs, like, and you decide like how long they're going to be and where the joints are, and like what other limbs come off of those joints, and you're basically building machines to try and get over terrains. So, like, when you hit like the right button any any ling- limb that can like swing around swings around and there's like you know depending on the type of joint and limb that you've put there um, and so you try and do things that will like you know move over obstacles or like you know um, stilt itself up up towards an edge or something oh and yeah it's, it's that game it looks amazing it's, I was really excited for it, and it had, for me, it had that exact exact problem that Kelso's talking about with this game, where, like, yeah. I, the physics felt so arbitrary, and, like, I really didn't feel like I could make any cohesive impact on the problem-solving. Like, it didn't matter if I sat and carefully thought through what I needed to do, because I couldn't make that happen. Yeah, uh, I don't want to play that game, I just want to look at it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, the, the other game that I was thinking of was, um, it's my Steam is not opening quickly enough. I think it was called um, uh, Mut- Mutant Blobs, Mutant Blobs Attack. It-, it was a game that I like got for free with another game that I purchased. But it's it's basically a cross between like this and uh, Katamari Damashi, where you control a blob and your blob absorbs items in your environment, and it's like you know you're a blob that like got dropped into you know a suburban setting, and you're sort of trying to get to wherever you're going. I didn't I didn't play more than a couple levels. Um, but you have to, like, absorb these obstacles until you're big enough to, you know, like, you have, like, a big thing in your way, and you gotta absorb a bunch of smaller things until you can grow enough to absorb the big thing that's in your way, and then you sort of yeah. continue on your way. It's sort of similar, like, um, I think I think that game even had, had uh, touch control support um, as well. I might have to look into that. Um, but yeah, sort of Mushroom 11 plus Katamari. <laughs> that sounds like it could be interesting. Yeah, I might go play that again I later. Might, I might. It's a bit chaotic. Get, I might get um, 
Mushroom 11 again when it comes out on mobile. Just because there were a lot of times where I felt frustrated by, like, I would like to have arbitrary ability to point anywhere on the screen to do some things without having to move the mouse all the way mm -hmm. over to the screen. Um, if that makes sense. That's hard to, to yeah. explain without visuals. But, um, yeah, so I'd like to be able to, like, arbitrarily place my finger anywhere on the screen. And there were parts, especially in the last level, where I felt like I needed, like, the ability to make much larger hand motions than I could with the mouse. Like, yeah. I need to erase a lot in a short amount of time, and I had to move the mouse way too far, whereas with my hand, I would have just been able to, like, move my wrist really rapidly. Yeah. Um, actually, just uh, out of curiosity, when you played the demo of this, um, how did it handle the difference between uh, broad erase and, like, fine erase? Or did you not get so much into fine erase? I forget. So the thing Kelso is talking about is that there's technically there's two erase mechanics in the game. If you erase with left click, you erase in a big swath, and if you erase with right click, you erase like fine little details, so you can do like more precise shaping. Um, I don't remember if you were able to do precise shaping in the demo. Okay. I think that you makes probably sense. were. Um, it might be that I think you may have had. Um, some arbitrary zoom in, zoom out control in the demo, so hmm. you could do fine, fine-based stuff by like zooming really far in and shaping. Yeah, that makes sense. I was just uh, curious because I, 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 I was reminded that I had to like, I had to like map one of the little buttons on my pen to uh, right-click so that I could oh, do yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. It, there were a few situations where that was like super important. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't use it a whole lot, but when I did have to use it, I was like, man, I'm glad I have this. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, I'm trying to remember what year I saw it at Indicate. It probably would have been like, uh, fall of like 2013, maybe? No, it would have had to be before that because I graduated in 2012. So fall of like 2012 or 2011, probably. Mm. Um, so a while it. ago. Yeah, a while ago. I don't remember it super well. And they only okay. had like, they had like one, like, sort of a level that's kind of similar to one of the first two levels plus a boss fight that I don't think ended up in the final game. It was it was definitely a boss fight where there was like some kind of critter and you had to climb up the wall to the side of him and then drop down on him from above. Oh, that's kind of uh, cool. But yeah. yeah, which I think was which I think I think he didn't have, I think that boss didn't actually end up being in the final game. <laughs> so <laughs> funny. But yeah, it was a it was a demo that like really sold me conceptually on on the game and I I miss the touch controls for it a lot. I, I am excited to try it again with touch controls when that is available. Yeah. I felt the mouse controls were really smooth. They're I mean there's it's not that they're s not smooth, it's just that they I think they don't quite afford like it it seems like touch is a very natural interface for the kind of stuff you're doing. And the mouse feels less natural. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm just not used to touch controls since I don't have a smartphone. <laughs> that could be too. Yeah, and like um, that's yeah, that's also part of it is that like I I wasn't using like true touch controls, but you know it was a close enough analog that was familiar enough to me that I'm like yeah this is this is the way to do it man <laughs> this is the way to get the game going. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> Cliffo has very strong opinions. Yeah. How did you how did you feel about this game? 
Now he's not gonna talk. <laughs> Kitty, you're always talking when I don't want you to. Kitty, do you do you have strong feelings about touch controls? <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> oh. In what way? Fliffo would like to be able to, well, because it makes sense, Fliffo can't really operate a mouse, but he could use his little paw on a touchscreen. I mean, True. he's a cat. He wants a mouse. <laughs> Not that kind of mouse. Not that kind of mouse. Um, there are some really cute, uh, like, iPad games for cats, actually. Yeah. That I've seen. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, like, how much, like, how many people actually get them, and if the cat's actually, like are that interested in them. But there are some cute videos of cats playing them on YouTube. Yeah, I don't think my cat would be that interested. Like, he sits he sits on my lap when I'm on my computer all the time, and and he doesn't seem to be particularly interested in anything that's ever going on on a monitor. <laughs> um, yeah, I use birds instead. Yeah. In the outdoors. Mm-hmm. Oh, to... <laughs> okay. You use birds to distract your cats. I, for, I was like... You use birds to control your computer. You use birds to like <laughs> that would be distract, amazing. distract birds with a touchpad. Like I was trying to work that one out. I want to control bird, control a computer with birds. <laughs> well, I'm sure we'll see that at Indicate in a few years. Yeah, it's the sort of thing that would be at Indicate. <laughs> Carl, someone's gonna steal your idea. You gotta get working on that right away. Gotta get yeah. on it. It's a great game that um, one of my friends or one of my classmates made for uh, in grad school. That someone, I, I don't think it was Indicate. It was maybe like the UCLA Game Fair or something. But someone came up up with like basically the exact same mechanic and put it in a game fair like immediately the following year. And it was like super sad because it's like, oh man, he did basically the exact same thing, which involved um, like making noises into a microphone to could. To control a ship in a little shoot 'em up. Yeah. So like you, um, if you were, if you made no like a, a hum, like it would like go up, and then every anytime you weren't making noise, it would like start to fall down. Um, so you you were like going through a corridor, so you'd have to do like <laughs> to like avoid like the the ground, and then if you made like a really sharp noise, like a pew pew, you would fire a little missile. Oh my so gosh. You had to do a combination like. Pew pew pew. <laughs> pew pew pew. I you know that's it's like that and like motion controls like with like you know the the connected stuff. It's, I just I just feel like more and more there's a conspiracy to make people look like idiots while they're playing <laughs> games. It was not, super adorable. Though. I'm not entirely against it. Oh, were you doing something like that that involved like screaming into a mic as 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 an input? I kind of did. It was okay. our school project. Yeah, I feel like I remember you like mentioning that at some point. <laughs> it was fun. I I wholly support like alternative inputs to games. Yeah, um, I I was always sad that I um that whatever I was playing like the Phoenix Wright games, I was usually playing them around other people, so I never got an op like an opportunity to yell objection at my at my DS. <laughs> Mm. That's such a gimmick, though, because you don't actually have to do it for anything. I know. It's just an option. Usually, I yeah, but it usually, feels good. It does. Usually, I usually just feel um, super embarrassed. 
usually in in games where they were like you gotta yell at your at your DS, it was just like blow into the mic and it gave you a far better result every time. Or just uh, tap the mic. Yeah. That's okay. They were trying. They were trying to do something new and cool. Yeah. There was a, there was a moment where a game like intentionally embarrassed me in that way. Um, in Phantom Hourglass. Yeah. There's a, there's a puzzle where you have, like, the guy's like, you have to, you know, like, yell Yahoo into the mic or whatever. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. That's, like, I'm in my dorm room. Mm-hmm. Like, that seems really stupid. I'm, like, super embarrassed. And they're like, come on, you got to do it. So I, I, like, sort of gritted my teeth and did it. And they're like, haha, that was so funny. You know you could have just, like, snapped in front of the microphone, right? Yeah, I'm like, I remember you, that. <laughs> you. Yep. I remember that, because I, I think I did that, and I, like, blew into the mic like I usually do, and, and I was like, oh, the game thinks it outsmarted me, but I outsmarted the game. <laughs> and I felt oh, pretty great. Totally <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I felt, I felt like such a tool. I don't remember <laughs> where I even where I even heard about the blow into the mic trick, but it has served me well. Or at least it did I, until... I, I totally learned that from where WarioWare. That might have been it. Also, that's what killed, like, two of my DS. <laughs> Bashing things for WarioWare. Yeah. I could see that. My screen died. It's a very frenetic game. Yeah. Man, it's so fun, though. Now I just want to actually play WarioWare. Why can't we play WarioWare for the podcast? Probably because not enough people have... DS's. Uh, have DS's or 3DS's, which is which is fair. I have a normal DS. Do I? I have I have a normal one somewhere. And I have, I have a, a 3DS. Well, I have a 3DS. So if we just wanted to play something that we can't offer to the community that just we play, we could yeah. probably play some 3DS at some point. Also, are we done about talking uh, talking about Mushroom Eleven? Do you um, have? I mean, so... I am unless you have something else. Yeah. Did you have another thing to add? Not really. Okay. Maybe the difficulty curve. Yeah. It totally spiked at level six. It yeah. does. Oh boy, does it. It's a. It is a substantial spike. It's. It's not that like. There's no increase in difficulty up until that point, but it's like a pretty shallow ramp, and then level six, it's like, well, now's the hard part. It's like okay, we're gonna throw you off the cliff. Enjoy. Yeah. And, but then 7 didn't feel as hard as 6 to me. So it's it was like just that jump. I wonder if it didn't yeah. feel as hard or if it was just like a friendlier setting so it didn't yeah, feel as I, stressful. I was wondering about that the entire time I was playing. I'm like, is this level easier or do I just feel like way less stressed because I'm in a forest and it's nice? And, and not in a creepy murder hospital. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, looking at the times on my uh, on my like... Uh, level sheet or whatever the level menu um, I think it was like an hour for level 6 and like an hour and a half for level 7 so it clearly did take okay. me longer yeah. to do the last level although I don't know if they include the epilogue time because I spent a lot of time in the epilogue thinking that I needed to do some kind of incredible water bounce which you don't have to do yeah um, so I, I spent a lot longer on that level than I probably should have and also, it took me a little while to figure out how to beat the level 7 boss, which, uh... Kelsey, you, you said you didn't finish level 7, right? No, yeah. So let me tell you about the level 7 boss, because I, yes. I, I found it incredibly fun. Um, so there's this dragon 
Um, he's made, he's like a sort of centipede kind of dragon thing, and he's um, he's like just flying around in a circle, and if he sees you, he's got like these little mandible things, and he opens them, and he sprays acid from both sides, and he has like a sucking in breath, where he like oh. tries to suck you in and chomps you, and just eats you. Oh, no. uh, and when he chomps you, he does like a little surge forward where he chomps you. Um, and he has a bright red glowy tail, and the immediate instinct is, oh, I can that's a thing I can eat, because everything bright and glowy in this game has been something I can eat. Um, that's totally not my instinct, but well, go on. Well, okay. That was, so it, to me, it looked like a collectible in the game. I'm like, okay, like so I have to do something where I like absorb... I thought I would absorb the tail, and it would destroy that segment, and then the next segment would also have a tail, and I'd have to destroy that one and like go all the way till I destroyed all his little centipede segments. Um, but what you actually have to do is his fur is uh, is sticky, like the sticky mold. So you have to jump on him, like ride him around, and like sit near, like on his tail, basically, and cut a little piece. So that then the dragon like sees you and will like chase its tail, like trying to get you. And if you cut a little piece of your mold off, he will do a surge forward to uh, to try and get it. And if you can get him to surge forward enough, eventually he will bite his own tail. And it destroys him. Huh. That is interesting. It was. So I, I, I had. I had a lot of fun cool with this. It was cool boss, but I had some issues. Yeah. And I I thought you were supposed to feed him. Oh yeah. Because, and eventually he was just closer to his tail, and I thought, well, he will probably eat his tail. Hmm. Well, so you it got was there. Sort eventually. of so, by by random. Actually, yeah. that reminds me. There, there wasn't uh, any instance of you having to like feed a, a bit of yourself to another thing in the game, was there? Um, there is a. There's an enemy in the forest that's like um, like a Venus flytrap kind of plant, where it's got a collectible as like it's got like a an anglerfish dongle, um, and you have to sort of. There are some areas where you have to sort of tease it, like you're you're trying to get the dongle and have it like. Uh, snap its mouth shut and then you can use it to climb, use its mm. jaws to climb up um, but you don't actually have to get eaten by it to do that yeah huh. I just feel like that, that could have been that could have been an interesting thing I, mean, I guess you have to feed yourself to the meat grinder <laughs> yeah, that is true hmm. anyway, yeah that was that was like just an aside that I thought of yep, but yeah that boss, fight, that boss fight sounds interesting I don't know, I like the boss fights I would have liked I would have liked more of them I think, which which seems I like liked less. <laughs> you know it it seems weird because like my big gripe was with like the physics, and you would think that in the boss fights like that would be more of an issue, but I I don't know I don't know. I mean the boss fights it feels more action. Yeah. It might be like it doesn't feel like you're failing a puzzle. It's more that, that of a could be fight. It. Yeah, that could yeah. be it. Yeah, that's that's what I was gonna say more or less. Um, that it's it's more about just kind of playing with the physics rather than trying to come up with a solution to the physics. Yeah. Uh, even though some of the bosses are a little bit puzzly. Yeah, like the the hamster hamster ball one was pretty puzzly, but you know. I mean, four of the bosses were pretty much the same. Yeah, a lot of them were just well, like it climb onto it, climb onto it, and eat eat the things. You know. Oh. Maybe I just hate bosses. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Um, yeah. So that's Mushroom 11. 
if you see it in a humble bundle or if you want a a physics game that's very different to <laughs> to other physics platformers, check it out. Yeah, really. It wasn't the worst game we played. <laughs> yeah, not at all. I was okay with it. I enjoyed. I enjoyed it well enough. It's just it it got tedious for me after a while, and I I felt like I had experienced it pretty thoroughly, so I didn't feel too bad about dropping it. You know. Yeah. To, I don't think there's any games we've played that I've actively like hated. Um. I think there's three. <laughs> okay. And all of them are Kyla picks. No. <laughs> well, okay. I mean, to be fair, um, Kyla has picked a lot of the games. Kyla's got yeah. a lot of a lot of good yeah. games. I'm, pick, I'm I'm so. I'm waiting for you to list out what they are, actually. Oh yeah. So this one is one of them. <laughs> I didn't like that I one. I mean, right. it was kind of worth worth the time and the money, but it was just dull. Space Run is the worst one. <laughs> you didn't like Space Run? I enjoyed Space Run a lot. <laughs> and that, that, is, that is why I, why I picked it. So. And Riz. Oh. Really? I thought, you, hmm. I, I, thought that, I thought you liked that one. Maybe I was thinking of like Thano liked that one, which was unexpected. Yeah. I also <clears> liked <throat> that one, which was unexpected. Yeah, I I mean I, I like I like the risk, but space space run is like one of those games. It's like I know this isn't gonna be my thing, and uh, you know that's okay. And <laughs> it ended up not be... being my thing, but it was you know I didn't yeah. like hate it, hate it. I was like you know going into it being like this this isn't optimum for me, but I'll just I'll I give it my I may also be best. remembering some of these games a lot more rosily than they actually were when I played <laughs> them. I may have been a lot more frustrated in the moment, and then like I'm just remembering the good parts. I remember being frustrated a lot in um, Heart.Break as well, um, just in, in navigating and trying to figure out what I was doing. Yeah, in terms of the open-endedness. Yeah. Um, I would have been frustrated if it wasn't like my favorite game of 2016. <laughs> 15, <laughs> I mean. already know how to do it, mostly. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair enough. Um, I, I mean, you know... When we when we played Rus, I had like already like over a hundred hours into that game, so <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right. Well, so this is not the best game we've played on this podcast, but I think it's worth a it's worth a try if it's the sort of thing you're into. Yeah. If you're not a fan of physics puzzlers, maybe give this one a skip. But it's up to you. You are the master of your own destiny. We at don't least, control at you. At least it's not Gyromancer. We're not your dad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Gyromancer. No, Gyromancer. We love you. We hate you. We love you. Yeah. Gyromancer, <laughs> you can't stay mad at Gyromancer. It's, you know, Gyromancer's got all those hot japes keeping you on your, <laughs> yeah. to- keeping you on your toes. I mean, it wasn't in my bottom three for a reason. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, There's also, like, I feel like... I had a really bad time playing the cat lady, but in retrospect, I'm really glad we played the cat lady. <laughs> like, I felt like that was a really interesting experience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm the only person who, like, has a whole bunch of horror games. Like, and I don't even play a lot of horror games, but I feel like I'm the only one of us who, like, has a whole lot of horror games, like, in my library, and I need to, I need to, like, pick carefully which one will be our October... Halloween-ish playtime because I think that's I think that's the only opportunity that I'm gonna have to like get them in there. <laughs> so get ready for that, you guys. <laughs> I think now that I think about it, like in terms of frustration with the games, probably Freedom Planet would be 
in my in my bottom list just for the just for the boss fights. Yeah. Just for the boss fights. Freedom Planet. Still right and... back my uncle. Cube room. Yeah, well, yeah. okay, just everything else about that game was tolerable. <laughs> the cube room was intolerable. I think, you know, I'm, I'm like looking at the list and I think probably my bottom pick would be uh, Nuclear Throne because again, that's just like a thing that is not my kind of thing at all. And I I wasn't even like pleasantly surprised by it. I was like, yep, this is exactly what I was expecting. Cool. <laughs> not my thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I So here's what I really love about this podcast is I it's made me play a bunch of things that I would not have taken the time and energy to play otherwise and had a bunch of different experiences. Like, they're not all necessarily, like, the most fun, positive, like, yay, I want to play 20 billion more hours of this, but they all have made me, like, think or, like, experience something that's very different to what I'm used to experiencing or, like, learn something new or think about something in a different way and, like... I'm 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 pleased that we are continuing to do this. Even the yeah. bad ones, even the bad yeah. ones have been have been a good like a good learning experience. Yeah, it's yeah no I'm I'm glad that I'm glad that we're doing this as well. It's super fun playing. There's so many games that I just never gonna play otherwise. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, I need to like I had a list of games that I would that I was going to eventually suggest. Also, and it, it kind of makes it a thing where you constantly play games which yeah. I I otherwise have the like I play like a billion games in an incredibly short amount of time and then I just stop playing for a while yeah or like I'll do a thing where like man it's been a long time since I've played Morrowind it's been like a year you know like I better go play Morrowind again and I'll just keep going back to that same game because yeah, it's my favorite game yeah yeah um, I mean, there's there's still stuff in that. There's still quests in that game that I haven't done, but like, eventually, it's it's probably like a more of a use of my time to play new games, mm-hmm. even if I don't necessarily love them. But we are, you know. bro- we are broadening our horizons, and exactly. you can too by joining us and like playing these games and and talking about it on the forum. And yeah, we'll talk about it. Exactly. Ooh, that was, that was a nice segue. Well, actually... except that we're not actually segueing to that yet. Yeah, no, we're not. <laughs> so we, we have we... to introduce the next game first. <laughs> we do. That's fine. We can do. We can do the thing out of order. It's okay. Um, but I actually did want to check just to make sure, because I always got to check to make sure nobody's been like commenting on stuff and we miss like saying. I yeah, think no. I checked it, but I, it was fast, and I. There's, I'm not sure. If anybody. Yeah, I was gonna say it looks like it's just our our sad, lonely wolf among us podcast um, with no with no comments sigh but seriously if you have opinions about games we're playing like we like to talk about things with people come talk to us yeah come come ask if you if you want to be on the episode come be on the episode yeah i'm trying to talk i have one of my in real life friends who's like a game design person um who's now i think working with oculus has like expressed some vague interest. I'm like, you should totally play one of these games and be a guest host on our podcast. Yeah, that'll be good. Such as, for instance, if you wanted to play our next game. Yeah. <laughs> oh, am I doing the intro? It was your idea. I mean, I can intro it if you want, but it is—it was technically your idea. Yeah. I mean, um, it's been talked about a 
for some yeah, time. This is a game. This is a game suggestion we've been throwing around for a while. Yeah, so I'm I might like intermit and throw it over to you because you know more about it than I do. But <laughs> okay. uh, our next game is Impossible Creatures, which is a an RTS game that you you complete your objectives by basically breeding hybrid creatures that have a mix of the attributes of you know whatever you bred them from like i don't i don't know if this is even in the game but like say you need something really strong that can swim you would breed like a gorilla and a dolphin <laughs> and then send those units out um yep. yeah yep. this like, is a game i played really a while quickly. back and uh like the I was playing the single player campaign and I got to a point where it got too hard and I couldn't beat it and I stopped. So we'll see if uh, we'll see if I can get further this time. Yeah, this is another one of those games where I'm like not expecting to do really well because RTSs are just like not my thing. But but the gimmick is enough to make me really yeah. want to play it. So. so this is definitely an <laughs> RTS that rewards aggression. Like you should be like aggressive and build a lot of units as quickly as you can. But the nice. yeah, the the unit combination mechanic is just really fun and weird and I spend probably at least as much time making new units as I do actually playing. Um I'll, I'll I'm tell gonna you start guys... a challenge here. Yeah. To so you guys can... and anyone listening. Yeah. Oh yeah. Post a picture of the funniest creature. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Good call. Good call. Yes. Um hashtag skug challenge. Yep. <laughs> Um, I will tell you right now, uh, the game is not super well balanced. Uh, in particular, lobsters, super OP. Um, the the cover of the game even has a tiger lobster on it. Yeah, lobsters are just lobsters are just crazy because they have an extra set of limbs and they have regeneration, and regeneration is way more powerful than it should be. Um, there's there's some balance issues. I I know of a few others, but I'll let you guys discover them on your own. Wants a balanced game like this. <laughs> I guess that's true. And then, um, when are we when are we gonna get impossible creatures in the MLG circuit? Like, <laughs> we gotta we gotta bring it back. <laughs> yeah, the, the meta game would be like too obvious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, there's and there I think there's definitely some strategies which work against the AI, but like would not work against humans and vice versa. That's probably true. Because um, there's some stuff that's like really easy to defend against so it's just a matter of, like whether or not you make those units it's just a matter of like whether or not your opponent has their defenses up <laughs> yeah um but anyway so it's uh it's also the narrative is like um it's taken from the the like 19 whatever it is like 40s and 50s uh adventure shows that were based on like pulp novels so yeah, so it's got this, you know, like hard-boiled detective who needs to figure, you know, who's trying to figure out what happened to his father. Is it is meets... it Russians or Nazis? Um, Russians. I oh. Think. Mm. Uh I I'm actually not sort of both. It's it's like evil mad scientists with a variety of accents. Okay. Um, <laughs> they they probably couldn't commit to a single one. It's like is this is close enough to his accents. Yeah. Um, so possibly both, uh, <laughs> and there's that you meet like a like a sassy engineering girl who has like a steampunk train flying train thing, and 
that's like always under always under repair. Good. This sounds like we're in for a treat. Yeah. It's a it's a silly little game. Like the gameplay is not if you are a, like a a pro RTS player, like you will probably be frustrated with this gameplay because it's it's like not I I don't know if it's the best designed RTS, but it has it's a it's got some hell of some interesting elements as a game. And I think we will have a good time. So what'll happen probably in two weeks is that I'll come back like reaffirmed in my knowledge that I just don't like RTSs, <laughs> but but I do like making weird hybrid animals. So it'll be a wash. You like being yeah. a bad scientist. Yep. I'm gonna <laughs> complain that the controls are awful. That's probably true. That's okay. Like like we like we said, we don't pick the best examples of games, but we do try to pick the interesting ones. <laughs> yep. We do try and play something that gives us gives us a new experience and hopefully something to talk about. So, yeah. so try this out with us. It's a it's a hell of a weird little game, and uh, see what you think and come talk about it on the forums. Yeah. PBPnetwork.formatic.com. Yeah, or or send us tweets uh, at Feedback Force. I will see them. I will retweet them. They will be all over the place. Yep. Or come host with us. You just have to send send Kelso a little tweet saying you'd like you've played the game and you'd like to co-host and you can come co-host. Yeah, that's literally all you have to do. You have to play the game. You have to be free on a Sunday afternoon and you just gotta let me know and that's it. That's it. We Barrier for entry is so low. Oh yeah, and have Skype and like be able to do the thing. But yeah, it's it's we are we. Do not have exacting specifications. <laughs> we have low standards, is what we're saying. Yep, high spirits, low standards. <laughs> yeah, that should be our motto. High spirits, that, low standards. That is that that actually is my motto. I don't I don't I don't remember who even said it first, but it's yeah, keep your spirits high and your standards low. Is that really that's how that's good? that's how I live my life. <laughs> I don't want that. <laughs> Skug has very exacting. It's true, you do. <laughs> uh, Carl is Carl is what's keeping this podcast classy. It's yeah. No. Somebody's somebody's got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's certainly not going to be us. <laughs> nope. Uh, all right. I think we did it. I think we've I think we've done an episode. It's been. Yep. It's so, been like uh, an hour and a half. So if you want to reach me on the twitters, uh, I do a I do a weekly stream on Sunday mornings. Um. We are next week. I think we are going to be finishing Majora's Mask because this week we finished the final dungeon. So all we got to do is live through three days and then go to the clock tower and confront the final boss and probably die horribly because, um, as it turns out, like I haven't been doing any of the side quests, so I'm like seriously, seriously underpowered. So, uh, but if you want to come watch me die. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Cage Tiger, spelled with a K, and uh, if you can, you can follow me at Kyla underscore Go on Twitter to see any schedule changes. Um, to that. Yeah. Uh, I I also do the Twitter, and my Twitter is uh, at Kelso Time Bomb, and I I also I guess I do the Feedback Force Twitter at Feedback Force. I don't do a whole lot on there, but it's there. It exists. There's links and stuff. Um, I don't stream, but on Fridays I hang out while other people stream for the One of Us weekly community stream. Um, there's, a, there's a link to the calendar 
that has like free spaces if, if anybody would like to sign up for that as well again standards are not high you just have to be willing to stream on a Friday evening at like 6pm pacific that's it that's all so yeah let me know I, my, my husband keeps toying with the idea of streaming Warframe for an afternoon <laughs> slash evening Tell him to sign up for one of us. I keep, I keep telling him. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. seriously, do an episode or two of one of us to see if you like it. You can totally do that. That's a good he idea. Plays, he plays so much Warframe. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's what I do. Carl, what do you do? I'm at Skug3 on Twitter. And he yeah. shows up in various community chats and makes snarky comments. Mm-hmm. He's, yeah. That's Are why you we still... love him. Are you still looking for a rival? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If if you would like if to be Carl's rival, be my rival. <laughs> <laughs> if you would like to be Carl's rival, uh, tweet, tweet him. Yeah, tweet at Skunk Three. <laughs> start just start uh, tweeting insults at him, and then he will know that you are his rival. <laughs> Not just insults; they have to also be challenges. Yeah. yeah you can't just be an true. asshole. You have to be a rival. You have to be yeah. actively challenging Carl to something. Mm-hmm. So get your get your rival hats on. Which one of you is gonna make it to the Pokemon League first? Who knows? Well, I it's anyone's game. <laughs> uh, all right, all right. And, uh, yeah. We will see you guys in two weeks to play uh, Impossible, Impossible Creatures. Hold up, wait. Two weeks is what date? The nineteenth. I will still be around then. Okay. Good. Yes, I will also still be around. I'm going out of town. I would. I actually would probably be out of town like the following. Well, we can talk about that later. I'm going to be out of town at some point. So, <laughs> yeah. But next next two weeks from now, we'll all be here. Yes, and the nineteenth. And the we'll 19th. be talking about impossible creatures. Yes. So play it. Yes. Do the thing. Yes. Thank you for listening. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.